welcome to the Jiggle and Juice show, a podcast where we discuss all things art related. Jiggle and Juice is a collective formed by myself, Shay Miles, and my best friend, Georgia Took. We are both artists who met at Gray School of Art while Georgia carried out her exchange semester in 2019. I'm based in Glasgow and Georgia is making art over in Canada. Jiggle and Juice is a platform dedicated to engaging in discursive and critical conversation and showcasing creativity. We aim to foster a support system for creatives by producing materials that help to bridge the gap from art school to professional practice. You're listening to The Jiggle and Juice Show, episode six. Today, we're chatting with three of the artists who participated in our first ever digital residency. At the start of October, we began working with seven artists who took part in a six-week digital residency titled Prickly Pear. Over the course of the residency, the artists were invited to respond to the prompt, Tell Us a Secret. The name of the residency, Prickly Pear, was inspired by the feeling on your skin after you reveal a secret. The act of sharing a secret can be prickly, but sweet. It can be solely prickly, uncomfortable and embarrassing, or it can be strictly sweet, filling the spiller with relief. Each of the seven proposals tackled the prompt in a different way through different mediums. We were truly blown away by the work that was created in such a short time frame, and I'm currently working on putting together a publication that is due to be released in the new year, which will celebrate and showcase these works. You can check out the work on our Instagram at Jiggle and Juice. We were fortunate enough to chat with three of those artists. Firstly, Katie Brown, who crafted and unraveled the secrets behind over 140 matchbooks that they found in a thrift store. Carla Smith, who explored the unspoken nature of our comfort foods. And Neve Dale, who asked herself, where do secrets live within the body? So stay tuned to hear more about each artist, their practice, and the work that they made during the residency. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Today we're joined by the wonderful Katie Brown. Katie received their visual arts degree from the University of Victoria back in 2020 and is currently based on Lekwungen territory, otherwise known as Victoria, BC. Fascinated by the guts of a thrift store, old movies, commercials, and magazines, the exploration of memory through found objects and media is what drives Katie's practice. Their work brilliantly reimagines discarded memorabilia in order to give it a new life. Katie took on an incredibly ambitious project for Jiggling Juice's Prickly Pear Digital Residency, and we're so excited to get them to spill all their secrets today. Thank you so much for joining us, Katie. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) The first question that we have for you today is um, talking a little bit about your process for making. Um, Could you talk us through uh, how you made the work for the residency Um, and also maybe a little bit about the inspiration behind it. Yeah, for sure. So this work really started out um, by chance. Um, My family and I love going to thrift stores. It's something we do as kind of like a fun outing together. We go for lunch, we go to like four or five thrift stores all in Sydney, BC generally. And we just go walk around and look at stuff. It, It always kind of feels like going to a museum to me in a lot of ways. So this work started because 
of this fantastic giant Ziploc bag of matchbooks that I found at the thrift store one day. And I saw them and I had no use for them, but I immediately knew they were coming home for me with me because they're just such a fantastic, weird, tactile thing to collect. And to just be able to purchase someone's collection of these items seemed really interesting to me. So I brought them home and I photographed them all and I looked at them all and I I felt like I was on CSI. I was like, okay, like where are all these from? Looking at the dates. I was really fascinated by all the wedding ones because I thought that that was something that was really interesting and kind of something of the past too. Like nobody really makes wedding matchbooks anymore. It's kind of a an old timey, th- old timey from the 80s. <laughs> old timey. We, we're so young. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I started looking at all these and then I wanted to do something with them and I bought them when I was still in school and and uh, things were just really busy. So I put them all in a box and they just kind of went on my shelf and then they sat for about three years and every once in a while I'd take them out and look at them and go, oh, I need to make work with these or do something with them and engage with them somehow because they're all just really beautiful and a lot of the imagery on them is really interesting. So when I read the prompt for the residency, I went, I have the perfect idea for this. So I've always known that I kind of wanted to create a sort of fictional narrative with them because I knew I'd never be able to track down who they actually were or anything like that because there just wasn't quite enough information there. Um, So when I read about the residency, I decided, okay, let's figure out how we're going to structure a narrative and uh, kind of work within the prompt of uh, sharing secrets and um, I started by re-scanning all of them because I took a look at the photographs that I initially took and they were fine, but they weren't quite where I wanted them to be. And I, uh, a couple years ago, I invested in a nice scanner. So I scanned them all and then I sorted them all into different locations and regions and kind of into little boxes because I, that's how my brain wants to organize everything all of the time. And then I started writing and um, working on the format and the project has become a book and I wasn't entirely sure whether I wanted them to be prints on a wall or or a book originally but I feel like the book format um, is the only format that I really want them to be in anymore it's um, I think they work best as a collective of kind of memory and um, I want them to kind of function as a driver of narrative in the book and I think that's what they do by setting place they really shape the way the story is um has evolved uh, which I think is really interesting um it's been quite a quite an interesting process and I've done quite a lot of writing since the residency ended and I've started doing things like incorporating my own poetry into them and things like that, things that I've written before as well. So it's kind of become an interesting collection of fictional narrative of somebody else's life, as well as imparting a lot of my own thoughts and beliefs and, and um, concerns and art into it, which I think has been a really interesting process. So you wrote uh, like an accompanying um, almost like a diary entry um, for each of the matchbooks. Um, mm-hmm. So was that always something that you had imagined that the the visual would have a text-based uh, sort of context to it? Yeah, so each one always was meant to have text next to it. Um, 
that really has been the main goal as an understanding of each book and to try and create the narrative. I thought that each one would need kind of an accompanying text to kind of explain why that location matters, what was important about it, and why that um, event or moment or place was significant to the fictionalized person that I'm kind of creating. Mm. Um, and I think um, a lot of the the secret is coming from those diary entries. I mean, the, the matchbooks themselves are quite secretive to me in a way because I'll never know who they're from or what their actual story is. But um, I think that's that's where the big uh, secret comes from, is uh, the, the diary-style entries. Totally. And I feel like anything you find in a thrift store or a charity shop or even like a car boot sale or whatever, like I feel like you can have the exact same sort of what is this object story. And so what you did was give it, give it a story and it's just so wild to me to think that like at someone out there actually this is their like collection and it's just so crazy that they actually um took the time to and it was so important it obviously was so important to them um and now you've transformed it and give breathed new life into it and I just think that that in itself is just so lovely but also so weird <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm really secretly hoping that one day someone will approach me and be like, oh, that was my grandfather's wedding or something like or that was my dad's wedding because because there is ones that have dates and names on them. Like there's four or five, I think, that are wedding ones. Um, so I'm really secretly hoping that one day I get to to have some kind of real link to it. Uh, eventually, I'm going to publish the full full book of them all once I once I really get all of the writing finished so that would be I'm... amazing if someone like you could so another artist on the residency um Helen Lynn uh her project was about um uh or had a kind of similar vein in that it was like uh missing it was essentially about missing persons and uh the form of the work came in like missing missing people ads and sort of like call outs for um information that sort of thing that you would maybe see in newspapers in the 90s or whatever so it would be really cool if that was something that you did but an actual call out to be like hell you know how people find people get all these crazy like links on twitter and tiktok is crazy for like blowing things up you could it, it would not be impossible to find someone who knows something about one of the matchbooks. So that is such an interesting vein in the project that could eventually come into fruition. Totally. Put out a, a nice Craigslist missed connections post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Put, put some local newspaper ads in. I think they're definitely either from Victoria or Vancouver because that's where predominantly most of them are from. I would, I would imagine or at least they lived in either place for a large chunk of their lives. So I, I don't think it would be impossible to, I, um, I really would be interested to see who they're from. Um, considering they were in a thrift store, I'm not a hundred percent sure. The ones, the thrift stores in Sydney, there's a large older population in Sydney. So I'm not sure a lot of things I think get, uh, gifted once people pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you never know. 
you never know. I think yeah. it'd be interesting to find find the real person and see what they think about it all. Mm-hmm. I feel amazing. like that adds to the um the like the CSI feeling you were getting when you were like looking through all the matchbooks that now you're like, okay, I've done the work with these. Now we need to find the owner or someone who knows them or something. This just means that we need to get your book published and out in stores ASAP. <laughs> Start a true crime podcast trying to sort out who uh, the matchbook owner is. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, like that'd be it. so cool. Um, something I don't think we mentioned earlier, but I think it's worth mentioning is that you found there was 144 matchbooks. That's which is why, like, I wanted to say, like, this is such an ambitious project that you're taking on that it's like 144 little stories, little diary entries that you have come up with, like, or are still continuing to come up with. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering with like your writing process, like, what were some of like the biggest like challenges that you um, kind of had to overcome to write that? I have a feeling that if I were doing that, I would be like, like what if this isn't true even though it's not you know like so yeah like what 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 did you find like in your writing process um I've never really considered myself a writer so it's really interesting to take on a project with so much writing I've worked with text like a, quite a lot in my work so I've, I don't know why I've never really considered doing something this large scale with text but I think the thing that I found most difficult was I kept running into writer's block and um just motivation, just trying to figure out how how to keep writing this much. Um, I mean, when I was in university, you know, you do a 10-page paper, you grind it out, and you're done, and that's that. Um, but to take on something where I'm essentially writing, like, at least 144 pages of text, I mean, they're not large, they're, but uh, they're, most posts are a couple of paragraphs max, but I think it's been really interesting for me as someone who is so visual to try and really approach something that's so writing based. And I think for me, I think of it narratively more like a film rather than a book in my head, which is kind of odd. Um, But I think that's personally just because I gravitate so much to movies as as my kind of core uh, example of narrative structure. but yeah, I think motivation and um, just tackling writer's block and um, learning how to keep writing like that. I think it was just a learning experience on um, how to tackle a project like that for me. And it was very different from a lot of the other work that I've made. Um, so I think it was it was it was really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's what I found most tricky was was just finding finding my rhythm. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Especially with like deadlines, which I feel like that's like the mm-hmm. best part about deadlines is that you're like, even if I feel like I can't write something right now, well, that's too bad. I have to. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love a good deadline. I'm a big deadline <laughs> fan. I I have to set myself personal deadlines all the time. I'm also a very list oriented person. I love making lists. I make to do lists like every day. <laughs> Because otherwise, I just forget everything. My brain is all over the place all the time. It's just kind of how I am. But um, yeah, I'm a big deadline-oriented person for sure. I feel like both Georgia and I are (laughs) the exact same as that. Lists and to-do lists and deadlines are what keep us alive. So yeah, 
Yeah, I always have like five different notebooks going for different projects and things and each each different um, work work uh, project has a, a different notebook and I just have piles of notebooks everywhere all of the time <laughs> with lists and notes of things and I, I really have to write things down or I have quite a goldfish brain. It really just, just does go in one ear and out the other a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, are you are do. you a Pisces? I'm a Leo, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Me and George are birthday twins. Wait, the exact same day? On the different, same day, yeah. Different years, though. Oh my god, that's so weird. Birthday twins. One year younger. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say who's older, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I would love to ask you about how. So I know you were you were just talking about how you were like, oh, maybe I'll. Um, have these as like individual like pieces on a wall but now I'm thinking a book and I totally agree with you I think having it as a book like that really um uh like lends to the idea of secrets because it's like reading a book is so personal it's so like it's just like you with this book um but I wonder how you would think about like um or if you have any thoughts of like how you would distribute the book like would you want it to still remain in a sort of gallery setting would you want it to be like in a bookstore would you want to place them in thrift stores like how would you or like yeah have them kind of placed around or like have you thought about how you want people to get a hold of your book I think placing them in thrift stores is a really fun idea that I haven't thought of so I may have to steal that that's fantastic Ideally, I'd like to publish them into bookstores. I think it's going to end up being an interesting narrative, but um, I think it could fit into the gallery setting as well. Um, I haven't really thought a whole lot about the cover design yet. I I did come up with a cover for the book. There is one that exists, Um, but I haven't really thought as much about the gallery setting for the book I've always thought of it more as something for print and then distribution um personally but um I think I I kind of think that way because I was thinking a lot about um David Shrigley's first books when I was thinking about this book in a lot of ways and um how he gained a lot of his initial popularity through the books that he published um so I think I was kind of thinking more in that sense um rather than having the book exist in the gallery because I think it will be quite long by the end of it um right now as it stands it's about 90 pages and I'm not super far into it um (laughs) I think it'll probably end up being three or four hundred pages by the time it's done just because of all the images and all the extra maps and stuff that are going into it um uh so I think um yeah the the best way for distribution and and um for people to see it in my mind would be through publication and then people can look at it in their own time rather than have it exist in a gallery setting and have people trying to rush through it and and line up and look at it yeah and then they can like really like take their own time with it in their own home yeah I feel like anytime that there's like a lot of reading in a gallery I'm like kind of hungry I was gonna go get lunch <laughs> after this so I don't know if I really yeah. have the time like, I really want to like trust me I really do but <laughs> that, that with all you, these people behind me like there's that just so many you that day that day that you went to Vancouver and you were like you were you were there on, you were on the ferry and then you got there and you were like okay time to go home now 
<laughs> yeah, I did a day trip to Vancouver, which like Katie knows is like it's no small feat. I don't know why I keep thinking like a day trip is doable. It's really not. Yeah. It's so much travel time. And then I was just so brutally hungover too that I was like, what oh, am no. I doing? I was like in the art gallery, like, I'm not getting anything from this, but it was totally my fault. <laughs> it was Been in there. no position to see art. <laughs> Yeah, I always yeah. find for me too. I'll be like reading a didactic panel. It'll be really long, and then I'll something will catch my attention out of the corner of my eye, and I'll be like, "Oh, pretty!" And uh, my squ- inner squirrel brain just takes <laughs> over, and I go, "Oh, let's look at the shiny thing." Um, yeah, the Vancouver day trip is quite a feat. I've uh, I've done it before also, and it is uh, it is a long day. <laughs> it's a long day. <laughs> It is a yeah. long day. I've I've resorted to only exclusively doing like one night overnights now instead of the day trip. The day trip is a lot of travel in one day. It's like six hours of travel probably in the one day. Yeah. And like if you're doing it in a day trip, you're not spending even more than six hours in the city. So it's like, what, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. Unless you get up real early, which is not yeah. optimal. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... What is your favorite thing about being an artist? I think my favorite thing about being an artist is getting to make work. And for me, making work is a lot about trying to relate and understand to other people. Um, I work a lot with uh, memory in my practice. And um, I think the way that I approach it is almost as a way of trying to understand the people around me and kind of their lives prior to my existence and how I kind of fit into the world. I think making art makes me feel like I can relate to other people in ways because I'm not always very good at expressing how I emotionally feel. So I think a lot of my work is a good outlet for emotions that I'm not really able to verbally express very well. Yeah, it's kind of a cathartic practice for me uh, in a lot of ways. I think it's a way that I really tend to channel my emotions, whether I'm angry about something um, or just trying to understand how I relate and fit into the world. And I think for all art, in a way, it's kind of a lens of understanding and connection. Um, The way we experience art may be totally different, but everyone's going to be able to impart their own meaning and identity and experience into a work, whether they like it or not. They're going to somehow relate or understand what's happening. So I think that's kind of the the thing that I like about making art is kind of that reciprocal relationship and the way that we interact as artists with viewers and how we can kind of share emotional um, moments and feelings with other people without having to directly tell them how that, that feels. Is so that is so beautiful, and it sounds like so cliche to say, but it really does just bring people together. Like whether it's artist and artist, or like someone that doesn't even think that they like art or understand art, or. I think it's just so universally like when you really think about it it is just so beautiful and the 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 times that I have shared either talking about art or looking at art or trying to convince somebody something about art is just so like it is just so powerful and it sounds I honestly like hate myself for saying any of this but I just feel yeah I totally agree with you I think that's so beautiful 
Thanks. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, especially thinking about things, like, in pop culture, like, film and things like that. Like, you ask someone what their favorite movie is, and then you're immediately talking about movies. And, you know, I think that art is just such a fantastic connector and um, a way of understanding other people in kind of this immediate way based on what they kind of like, um, Mm. which I think is really interesting. Um, and also I think just helps me understand other people <laughs> in a lot of ways. What is um, your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie is a movie called Afterlife. Um, it was directed by Hirokazu Kuroida and it's a um, Japanese film about um, what the afterlife is. And basically the idea behind it is that you get to recreate one, you get to choose and recreate one memory from your life. And then basically this like, faux film crew in this like weird like purgatory space creates recreates the memory and then you just get to relive that memory for the rest of your life and it's funny and beautiful and fantastic it's oh it's one God. of my it's it's my favorite movie um that I think it's amazing. one of one of the best films ever made um underrated movie um it uh yeah it's really truly fantastic <laughs> I'll need to find that because it sounds like I will be sobbing the entire time. I'm not telling you to illegally find it, but it is on YouTube. It's, it's a lo- slightly lower quality, but it is on YouTube. Okay, Thank I know what, what Shay and I are going to do after this then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movie night. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's a very good movie. I, um, yeah, yeah. I first watched it when I was uh, taking a film studies course and... Um, it just blew my mind. It was really fantastic. Amazing. Um, is there is there anything that you would like to plug or talk about? Um, where can people find you? All of that fun stuff. So I have a website. My website is katiebrownart.net. And you can also find me on Instagram at glue underscore muncher because I was told... Um, by our friend Christian that I have the energy of the kid in school who used to eat glue, uh, <laughs> which honestly is accurate. <laughs> so that's where you can find me at glue underscore muncher on Instagram and uh, yeah, katiebrownart.net. Um, hopefully I'm anticipating having the book done kind of mid spring. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, if you check out my website or follow me on Instagram, I'll have more updates with that later. And we will also be sharing that, um, any updates on Katie's uh, book as well on our page too. So keep an eye out there if you don't follow her, but also definitely follow Katie. Yes. Thank you again so much for joining us, Katie. We so appreciate it. That was an amazing discussion. I loved it. Thank you. That was super fun. Super fun. Happy to be here. Yay. Thank you. Our next artist is the lovely Neve Dale. Neve recently graduated from Central St. Martins and is currently based between London and the West Midlands. She delves into biology, symmetry, squishy organs, and otherworldly through her sculptures and drawings. Her work is not only mesmerizing and endearing, but the language she has created around her work transfixes her viewers. We are absolutely thrilled to be talking with her today and can't wait to share her most recent work created for Jiggle and Juice's Prickly Pear Digital Residency. Thank you so much for joining us, Neve. 
thank you for having me that intro was so nice oh my god <laughs> but i love that we got squishy in there oh yeah the beginning yeah guys it's gonna be squishy just this kind <laughs> i feel like that's such a good word to describe like your current the vein that you're going down and also like your graduate um the work you made uh in your fourth year um but yeah it's just kind of like if I was to use one word to describe I was gonna say you maybe not you specifically as a person <laughs> but like one word to describe your practice it would well, be squishy I want I'm just like a like quick sidebar is um I don't know if I've ever told you this Annie, but when we got your um artist spotlight submission when we read your artist statement, because we were reading the statements before looking at the work, we read it and both of us were like jaw drop. We're like, oh my God, this language. Like it's so like good artist statements are so few and far between. And then we read yours and we're like, yes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh we my can't God. wait. And then love the work. So obviously it was like green light, green light, <laughs> green light. We love it. <laughs> I'm flattered. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we're big fans over here. <laughs> Well, actually, like another sort of like side note is the way that I found you because it's really interesting because um, the other um, a few of the other kind of like uh, people that were on the residency, we maybe like knew actually personally, like Carla, for example, went to Gray's and was a few years below me at Gray's. So I, I knew her um, and Katie uh, was in the same year as Georgia so like there's a few kind of like yeah we we like we kind of were familiar with each other but Neve, when I actually discovered you on TikTok <laughs> oh my god oh, um, what? <laughs> yeah so you um you this is like completely off topic but I just kind of wanted to like talk about this because it's like our kind of like origin story and you made um you were doing this incredible like work in your uni halls where you turned your tiny little bathroom it must have been like what like two foot by two foot bathroom oh, like I could touch either side <laughs> yeah and you turned that into like this fucking like paradise of like y2k like craziness and that is you were like viral on tiktok right that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, do tell. Like, I posted that TikTok and then I was going to delete it and then I just didn't. And like, I ended up like partying with my flatmates and like forgot about it. And then later on in the evening after like a few drinks, I'm not going to lie, I looked at my phone and it was blowing up and I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and then it just had like, God knows how many views. It was the weirdest thing ever. Do you know how I mean, many views it ended up getting? Oh my god, I want to say like, well, at least a million. It was crazy. Yeah. It was oh like proper viral. Yeah. So that's how I first um came across your work and Back have loved it ever since. <laughs> oh, um thank you. but that your the work that you made for a prickly pear was very different. Yes. Um uh could you describe uh for our listeners what you ended up making? So I made a series of drawings. Each one was around like A1 in size and they were all kind of playing off the body and their insides. So completely different to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly kind of they festered in the, in the mouth mainly, um, but they all kind of played on like the gooiness, the grossness of the insides to kind of plays like metaphors for secret telling and the kind of like the ickiness that comes with kind of intimacy or like 
um, keeping secrets, telling secrets. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they were just a spiral of me just looking at gross things to explain the gross and so on and so forth into a spiral of gross. <laughs> I feel like it's so interesting when you say gross because when you look at the drawings, they are absolutely stunning. Like they're so beautiful. And perhaps it's a subject matter that's gross, but then the actual execution. Um, could you talk a little bit about the materials you use to make the work? Yeah, so I use um, chalk pastel, which is like, I guess you would say not gross, because I, I think if I was thinking of like gross mediums, I'd maybe go with like paint being quite wet and gooey. But like chalk is very soft, it's very flaky, but... I think the way I work with it, it does get very like primal and like instinctive. Like I work with my hands directly with the chalk, rubbing it in literally like to cover like surface area. I blend with like the side of my hand and like my hand was like cutting <laughs> because I'm just like vigorously like going <laughs> at the paper. And like I literally put it on my wall because like mentally I'm like in a cave. I'm like back in the day cave woman, like going primal. <laughs> <laughs> fully like ugh ugh like but I don't know it's it's a weird process but it's like it gets me to fully like connect like my body is touching the word you know mm -hmm. so when you say that when you use the word gross how do you think that actually manifests in the work that you made I think maybe it manifests most prior to the piece like when I'm thinking mm -hmm. what is it that I want to like fester on this piece of paper I like I collect like encyclopedias of the body and I like look through them and like for some reason I'm drawn most to what grosses me out the most so like my pages bookmarked to like the intestines or like tendons gross me out so much veins oh <laughs> like, but, I, but I'm like yes inspo <laughs> like so I guess that's where like grossness festers the most and I kind of like spiral with, with it and I think kind of like the aesthetic of it not being so gross is just kind of like a product of the process mm. have you ever heard or of the book called the sick rose no you should get it it's so it's like you would love it um yeah. I don't even know where I found it but I you can it's really easy to buy you can buy it in like water mm -hmm. stones and stuff um and it's basically just like um medical c contemporary a, t a contemporary take on traditional medical drawings of like syphilis and like like sores and people with like boils um and it's all in this like beautiful kind of like cold color palette you would love it I will link it to you or send it to you later Please. um it's like yeah totally the kind of thing I just I just was thinking about it there when you were talking about encyclopedias um and it's like a really kind of it's a hard back like a thick book and I think you would like you would love it um so that was a side side note was just always getting <laughs> sidetracked here um you talked a little bit there about your process in the kind of like physical sort of tactile way that you work with the chalk and with your pastels um but I was when I was putting together the um Q&A for the publication um you sent over some stencils um which gave me a massive insight into your uh, the way that you actually work and the way that the drawings are produced so could you talk a little bit about obviously the visuals are really important but could you talk a little bit about that process yeah so my process is actually like really calculated 
like I actually love like abstract art but it could never be me like <laughs> like which I hate because I just <laughs> I want to be that but I can't um basically I developed this process when I was at uni where I had this art block and it was so bad it was to the point where my tutor was like do something like just please do something because time's ticking like please and so I literally like just sat in the studio cutting away at paper and the first thing I made was like this string of paper dolls like that was that was it (laughs) um but then I just found myself like folding paper in half cutting into it folding it back like out and having these like paralleled images and I just like I don't know something just happened and I was like I really like this and then at the time I was also that's when I was like looking into these encyclopedias of the body and I noticed this like mirroring with like the pelvis bone or the rib cage whatever so then I started cutting like bodily shapes into the paper folding it back and like just developed this like new process so like with the residency um I did like one visual that was like these tendons, um, but it was also like faces. Like my visuals kind of like merge now. They've kind of like metamorphosized into these like creatures. Like it'll they'll look like bones, but then you'll see a face. Um, but yeah, it's just a very calculated process. But now I can't imagine working in any other way. Like I love that. It like has like spiraled me into places that I can't imagine getting to without doing it. If that makes sense. I think it's so interesting the way that you describe your process as calculated because it really when when you showed me those I was like oh my god like I get it like it's your I don't know why I was I don't know how I imagined the way that you create but it wasn't that and I think it's firstly genius like you it's such an amazing like even though it's so like you're saying oh, I cut out some like paper dolls like that's so kind of like something you would do when you're like in nursery but like so it is so kind of like um naive almost and but the the way that the 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 results that you get are just so beautiful that it's like oh my god like that's like I just think it's so it's so interesting and that was such um gave such good context into into your work as well yeah no I love how you call it like like childlike and naive because I think that's where like my older work still feeds through to what I do now like everything that I I make lies on like the idea of play and like just everything I make is like based off what excites me like what I find fun so like that definitely feeds through to my process and the outcome as well I think that's why maybe the outcomes aren't that gross because I'm still festering like the aesthetic and the pretty if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah um I just I love that um you gave us that um like insight I feel like I like the hair stood up on the back of my neck when you said that you're like something just clicked in that moment I feel like it's so special when you like have these like revelations as an artist that you're like like this just feels so right um and so I like I love hearing about your whole process because you have the sort of like the messy like having your hand rub across the paper but then also like the cutting of the stencils and it just seems so methodical um I was wondering how how many I guess it probably it probably varies for every drawing I'm I'm not um I don't I'm not a drawer so I don't really know but like how many like sketches or like how many variations do you normally like go through before you get your like final drawing normally it's just the one like I just cut and go with it but like each shape 
kind of feeds off a piece I've done before. So like my like very first drawings were literally just of the pelvis and then that morphed to like a slight like eye on each side or like a nose. So the ones I did on the re residency, they are like the ancestors <laughs> of like of like further back ones. Like each piece is like just evolving on and on. Like I'm working on a piece right now, which is like feeding off one I made for the residency. Like it just slightly changes each time. Like the shape, something will be added or like taken away. So it's it's survival of the fittest basically. Um, <laughs> but no like I don't know considering I'm calculated I don't really like perfect the shape I just kind of let it like be born and that's it and then roll with it unless I like totally hate it then I'll just like put it in the bin but like <laughs> <laughs> for the most part I'm just rolling with it wow that's so cool I love that you can really see uh um, like a common thread and like I feel like if you lined up all of your drawings in a room and you could just like see how each variation changes I feel like you've created such a like a distinct visual language just like what you were just saying um, within your drawings um, and you also have such a good like verbal language around your work as well um, I was wondering how those two things um, like feed into each other and like yeah, it just feels like those two things are so um, interconnected. Like, have you always had, like, such a strong, like, language around your work? Honestly, just going to put it out there, I'm a Leo, and I'm going to blame some of it on that. Like, I'm just a bit dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. It's a genuine reason, I swear. Read my birth chart, it's just dramatic. <laughs> but, um... No, like when I'm either writing or like talking about my work, I just want people to get into my brain because like sometimes I feel like it's just my work is on such a tangent. I don't want people to think I'm nuts. So I'm like, how can I connect so that it makes sense? So like, yeah, I just want that gooiness to come through with the way that I talk because why not? Like, you know, I need to big my work up. It deserves to be like spoken about in this way. Um, but also... I'm just a very visual person like I think in like metaphors all the time and like whenever I'm describing my practice like as a like on a like broader scale I'm always kind of referring to this idea of like I'm on an axis and at one point is like the innate and on the other side is the completely transcendental like I just think it very visually I think just yeah it's just it's it's the easiest way for me to connect to other people is by the absurd language that comes out of my mouth. I don't think it's absurd at all. I think it's amazing. And like what I said earlier, it draws you in and it's so important to have that connection to the viewer. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's so important and interesting to hear you talk about it and then give it that context. Um, so the, the next thing we wanted to ask you was how your work responds to the prompt, tell us a secret. What about the prompt resonated with you and how does it relate to your current practice? I think the idea of secrets resonates with me as an artist, like very broadly, like my previous work, like when we were talking about like the pink bathroom era, that was like festering and like exposing my like deepest secrets. Like, <laughs> um, and then like since then, the relationship between me and secrets is like within my art has become something that I'm really conscious of because I don't want to fester in like my overthinking thoughts or like anything like that anymore. I'm very much like 
looking at secrets almost objectively. I think like for the residency and my like newer work, I love the idea of like secrets in terms of the body is in what's on the inside. Like it's a secret, you don't see it often, but we all know what, you know, we have an idea of what it looks like. Um, but like with the residency, I just wanted to like expose it and use the inners to address secret sharing. Yeah, if that makes Amazing. sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's such, it's just so interesting the way that everyone took the prompt in such a different uh, yeah. direction. And um, yeah, it's just like a fantastic, uh, we had such a great response um to the prompt in general and the work that was made was was so varied my next question for you is like the worst dreaded question ever but um what is next for you do you want to do you continue um do you want to continue down this path of like secrets and the body um do you want to like try different mediums is there another project entirely that you have like in your mind like what what would you like to do next I think like okay so initially I just want to say that like I want to just keep making like I'm not at uni anymore and I'm not like so I'm not a full-time student I have a job now like um, I just want to keep going because like the thought of my creativity dying like scares me so like keep making but at the same time yeah I know I really want to carry on with like the visuals I started working with on the residency I'm loving that like I'm working on a piece right now that's kind of like born out of one of those so the family's progressing um, <laughs> but also um no I really want to like make music that's something this like is totally random but like <laughs> like not like singing I'm not gonna like get singing but like I just love like music a lot and that really plays a big part in my making process as well like I listen to like a lot of like Aphex Twin and a lot of like ambient music so I love the idea of giving it a go like just trying it Oh my god, same. Um, this is like my main, like one of my like secret goals in my life is to like either start DJing or like make music, but I just have no idea where to start. And also I, um, yeah, I know that like Aphex Twin plays such an important part in your practice. Um, I don't even know how I know that, but like I just, whenever I think of whenever I think of Apex when I think of you which is so bizarre because you've never actually met in real life but um <laughs> I um I also um yeah I think that's so like that's so exciting because it is um you I can totally see that being married to your um visual uh work the audio sort of stuff and that would be so so cool I would love to see where that where that goes I'm dying that you said the Apex Tomb reminds you of like my work. I'm dying. Definitely. I, know. I don't even know why. I, maybe it was from like the TikTok era or also remember I wrote there, there was like a little thing that I wrote on my blog when I was writing a blog post about cake and you were doing your cake work. Yeah. Maybe we talked about it then, but like I also have no idea how I already knew that, but I did already know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, I um, like Aphex Twin like perfectly like it just sounds like my brain like mm. I don't know how to explain it but like yes like whatever's happening <laughs> okay I need to yes. listen to this I feel like I'm really missing out here oh listen to <laughs> window liquor Lin listen to window liquor immediately okay, okay. <laughs> and okay, everyone listening homework yes 
Absolutely. Um, Okay, wait, wait, before we, before we wrap this up, I, when, when you, sorry, when you said music, I like, the first thing that came to my mind was like, going into like, a small dark room that had like, um, surround sound of like, music that you had made, and then like, your drawings on a wall, but like, individually lit so it's just like this little spot of light and then you're drawing and then you're like have all the sound around in this like dark space so it's like kind of like a sensory deprivation kind of vibe but like with your oh my gosh I just think that would be really cool okay or or you could get in you could get you have to like walk into like like Mm. not a tank but like almost like a sensory deprivation tank you like Mm. or like a a space that you close you're like enclosed around you you put on headphones and then you just like are spinning around and you're just like looking at all the Mm. shit that you've made I would love or you you go you have to go through like a little like kind of like squishy (laughs) tunnel where you like have to like squish through something and then you're like in the little room Have I turned you like insane? I love how we're all like, oh my god, yes, get out, let's do it. I'm so down. No, yeah, I love it. No, but that's like the goal, like to have kind of like what my work looks like transformed into sound. How like where do we transcend to next? That's what I'm thinking. That's where we're going oh in the god. future. We're just transcending. Yes, I'm so glad. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy I asked you that question. I feel so inspired now. I'm like, yeah, me how can too. we make this a reality? <laughs> that is oh, amazing. So Neve, is there anything that, um, just before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to plug or shout about? Um, where can we find you on socials, that sort of thing? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at neve.dale I'm pretty sure there's a dot in there somewhere (laughs) and then well per the last question I think we should link a playlist I think that's only right it's only right yes (laughs) yes I would love that yeah so in the show notes we will link Neve's playlist um and also um you can find her website along with the um other two artists that we spoke with um all in the show notes so make sure to check out their work so thank you so much that was a wild ride and I loved every (laughs) second of it and I think you are fantastic and I'm so excited to see where this goes Next, we'll be talking with the fabulous Carla Smith. Carla graduated from Gray's School of Art and is currently making work between Aberdeen and Edinburgh, Scotland. Playfulness, mess, tender moments, vulnerability, and connection can happen anywhere, but Carla is interested in how the sharing and consuming of a meal can bring forth these feelings. Whether food is a means to celebrate or hide in shame, Carla sought out to explore people's relationship with food and secrets. In her new work for Jiggle and Juice's Prickly Pear Digital Residency, we get to not only hear stories, but also recipes, vibrant imagery, insights, and inspiration for our next comfort meal. We're delighted to chat with Carla today and learn about how she undertook this massive new project. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Honestly, that was such a nice introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm done now. Like that's everything said. said all we needed to say (laughs) yeah um could you start by describing the work that you made for the residency to our listeners yeah so um I made a recipe book but it's um a collection 
of comfort foods. So it's like kind of, I guess, an archive in a way of lots of different people's comfort foods. So yeah, I really wanted to kind of look at more so, I guess, the shame that can surround food or the secrecy, obviously prompted by the the prompt of the residency. So yeah, um, it's a risograph printed book, um, and then it's perfect bound with like a glue edge and then um it's got a cyanotype cover to it which has baked beans on the cover kind of playful like that so it kind of looks like denim when you look at it which what turned out better than I thought so um yeah and the book ended up being quite um a substantial size as well so yeah a lot of comfort foods were collected in it but it was really nice how many pages is it um it's 32 pages so by split into sections as well. So there's like um, classic comforts and then you've got a soup section, a pasta section and then some stories throughout and then a section at the end, which is like shop bought and then maybe more not weird combinations, but more unusual conversation uh, combinations at the end, even combinations. Amazing. And had you worked with cyanotype and um, risograph before or was this like an experiment for you? Um, I'd done a tiny bit of risograph printing before, but um, not like I was still fairly new at it. I hadn't done anything as complicated as this, um, especially trying to get like loads of pages to align and everything and text aligning was actually quite tricky, (laughs) which makes sense. Um, I kind of went into it a bit naively. For the listeners who aren't familiar, um, could you like explain a little bit about what riso printing is, or would you like me to do that? Do you want to do it? Um, I can try. <laughs> you can see if yeah, you have okay. a better explanation. No. Um, yeah. So you make separations in a similar way to what you would do for um, screen printing. So you work in color layers, um, and each color layer has different opacities opacities and like strengths of that color so when you're printing them you line them up together and then they overlap and where the colors cross over you get other colors so the all the colors like the inks are really vibrant um with risograph as well so when they overlap it's really nice to like see where they come out and stuff so yeah it's using a printer but you prep the files either digitally or you can draw them and then you send them to print so it's quite like fast once you actually start printing you can put out quite a few pages in at once but um yeah lining them up is the tricky part and then getting making sure your files all make sense but it's a really fun like process once it starts printing yeah definitely I love I love the process and just like watching them fire out is so satisfying um but yeah like you said aligning it must have been I've not seen um your book in in real life I've seen the pages digitally and aligning all of them must have been a nightmare so I definitely (laughs) don't envy you at all for that (laughs) yeah I had a lot of help which was amazing like I I do could not have done it without everyone at Peacock's helping me but yeah yeah so you so you printed um you printed everything at Peacock's do you want to talk a little bit about um about Peacock's and potentially like your um how you how you were there in residency on residency yeah so um I was like lucky enough to get a residency um at Peacock's following degree show so um I'm able to come in and like use the facilities and stuff and it's amazing especially following COVID I think when so much of our uni was online 
it's been amazing to have the residency and actually explore print fully um because I'd only I think I guess obviously fourth year I was in but um that was kind of very much so on the lead up to like you know a dissertation and then build up to degree show so I was able to do printing as much as possible but obviously things were like kind of blocked a bit with deadlines so it's been so nice to actually be in peacocks and just explore printmaking in like I guess a slower way or like actually just fully explore it and see what there is so um yeah it's an open access studio so like um people can drop in for day sessions and stuff as well and like you don't need to be a member to use it which is so good um and yeah I've met so many amazing people there and like so many nice people use the space so it's just so nice to be around other artists making work as well and so many different processes yeah such a crucial part of post-graduation um is yeah meeting new people and keeping uh busy and like you said working together as well like they you know helped you out with alignment and I'm sure a lot of other things as well and I'm sure that there's a lot of um open access print studios that probably do have um the same sort of vibe so if you are listening and you're wanting to make some prints or discover or explore printmaking then definitely have a wee look in your area um so you talked a little bit about the practical side of making the book how did you carry out research yeah for the book um I actually think the research part of it could have been one of my favorite parts I mean I loved doing the whole thing and actually like making the book and everything was so nice as well and the physical act of making that was lovely but I just think the the research like the actual engaging with other people in that stage of it was so nice because I got to connect with so many people on like a really deep level because I feel like especially when you're chatting about food it can appear so surface level initially but you can really like you know bypass everything and like start a really meaningful conversation with someone so to I really wanted everything to be kind of as authentic as possible so um I tried to bring it up in ways where it didn't feel like I was you know sitting interviewing someone like tell me your comfort foods tell me everything you know it was kind of more so much more casual than that so um either I was in cafes chatting to people you know early morning like just kind of a little ca- coffee catch up and then I'd you know later on write down what they'd said um or I'd you know while we we're on a little walk I'd bring up some conversation topics like about food and ask questions but I figured like it takes about 15 minutes I think for someone to tell you their true comfort food secret like their they, maybe their guilty pleasure the weird combination thing that they do when like no one's about and they just like put all of the things that they have in a bowl like all of those things um so yeah it's been really interesting and I've had a lot of recommendations for interesting combinations and stuff but yeah I think that part was can you tell us sorry can you tell us some of the yeah so peas and ketchup that's one of my friends ones and like I've known that about her for ages but it was really funny because her boyfriend didn't know that and then he found out when we were chatting I was like oh you don't know but she loves peas and ketchup um I had another one who's um someone said like ramen I think it was ramen noodles but a specific type and I cannot remember what one um a specific type of noodles with ricotta cheese uh, on top and maybe raspberries as well or something like that um (laughs) wow that was a good that is a combinations yeah 
so many like Amazing. honestly so many I think I had my uh, you saw at one point my wall was covered in all these post-it notes of everyone's stuff there was like a second section of my wall which was like interesting combinations um so yeah I had to like figure out what ones to actually fit in and honestly like I could have done another full book or like tripled the size of this book but it was just a case of time like I honestly I felt bad I had to like cut out some people's comfort foods but yeah just for future work then that's so exciting to like have this whole like investigative side and like do the whole like I'm just picturing like the red string guy where you have like all the stuff all over your walls (laughs) trying to like connect all of the pieces together um I think that's like um I just love like you approach this um like this subject matter with such kindness I feel like anytime you're like people like oh my god I can't believe that they would eat that like what a weird combination and you're like it's an interesting combination like all your like language around it is so kind and I feel like you're the perfect person to carry out this project because of course like I would feel comfortable telling you all my secrets because like you are so like empathetic and like non-judgmental so I feel like that's why like people were just able to like open up to you in like 10 minutes they're like so here's my deepest darkest secret I know how like, it came to be <laughs> so I feel like you're perfect I do think that. It, yeah I think well thanks but I think yeah it's one of those things like you did have to kind of be aware like because I never yeah wanted someone to feel like what they were saying was wrong because like that's what they like to eat you know and there's like there's probably some stuff that you know you sit there and you're like yeah if anyone saw me right now they, they would judge me so but you know it's like maybe that's how the best food combinations were made so yeah I think it's it was so nice to have those like conversations because I think you could sense when someone felt like more comfortable and then it was kind of yeah just more genuine connection with people which is yeah harder to come by I think in daily life so yeah these conversations are really good to just bypass all that yeah totally and I think there's a lot of like potential sort of trickiness when you are talking about food um because it can be triggering for people it can be difficult for people to talk about or just uncomfortable in general like everyone's relationship with food is different and mm-hmm. um that's such a like private and surface uh, a private thing that does live below the surface um mm-hmm. so I think that just like having this sort of very positive and um yeah really just kind of like celebration of things that maybe are considered shameful and like I feel like the word shame is really interesting as well because that in itself is like could also be in the context of food triggering um Mm -hmm. because it's like a real issue for people so um I think that the way that you've approached it is like as Georgia said with a lot of empathy and a lot of just yeah celebration and that's really important as well food is one of those things like it's so everyday but then um it's like so much more complex than that like everyone has su- as a as you were saying like everyone has such a different relationship with it but then at the same time it's kind of a universal experience in some ways as well so it's really like complex in like the way that both of those things exist at the same time and then yeah, yeah. I guess with like some of the comfort foods as well it's like there's it's so complex and like whether people have access to food whether they feel that they can eat like all of these different things feed into it um and yeah if that's what you're managing to eat that day then that's amazing you know so I think like all those things are really interesting and then yeah the people's personal history attached to food as well is just such like such a big topic 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, it really is. Along a similar vein, the prompt for the residency was tell us a secret. Uh, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why that prompt resonated with you and whether it relates to your current practice at all. So, yeah, so the work that I had made just before that I'd been focusing on for um, a while was about group meals and kind of the relationships that can be formed around food and the yeah the connection that that can allow for and everything like that. So it was really nice to ha- see this prompt and start to like reflect again on maybe the other sides of food. Um, after graduating, obviously a lot of my people, my friends who were up in Aberdeen moved away and I was actually planning on moving away from Aberdeen as well so yeah after graduation like everyone kind of dots about and changes where they are and everything like that so I guess the prompt kind of fit a lot with what I was thinking about in that moment like the people that you normally eat with moving away um or yeah just the act of like maybe having more insular moments with food as well so I think I yeah I normally exist kind of always trying to host people for food like I just think it's one of the best things ever like I just think it's such a nice experience and a good way to get to know people so yeah the prompt tells a secret um really made me think about the shift that had happened um and starting to think about the more private um side of food and yeah just it is so interesting and something that um I think goes is a, maybe a deeper um angle to what or not angle but you know what I mean like the work before was about the relationships and kind of the mm. surface act of everyone around a meal and the, those connections and I guess looking at this side of it the more comfort food side looks at the individual person sitting in that group context so I think it's nice mm-hmm. to think about both those things at once and then use this work to kind of feed back into the group stuff again so yeah I think it felt right to start exploring this. Yeah, I feel like the perspective, the shift in perspective is really, there's a link there, but also it is different from your degree show work, um, which I'm assuming you can find on your website and you can also find um, it on our, Carla is one of our artist spotlight um, artists, so you can find that on our website too. That's such a beautiful connection, like, and um like such an organic path I feel like that you followed in your practice like it's just like so beautiful and I feel like I can just see your work like fill up a gallery space like already I feel like that's such an amazing feat to already have like so early in your career that I feel like you could just have like multiple rooms of work already like the (laughs) like large dining table like I just and um I guess maybe something I wanted to talk to you about is like how like interdisciplinary your work is I feel like because um like your like the content of your work can be translated through like um like different areas of life like in communal or private like it feel like it can translate through like sculpture and through like drawing and printmaking like um do you find like when you have an idea like how do you choose like the form it's going to take or the medium you're going to explore or like does one come before the other yeah I mean I think I always work in a very like I I feel like there's not enough time to do absolutely everything that you want to do like I just think there's so many good ways to explore something um and I always wish I like all my friends are sick of me saying that I wish I could pause time because I just wish I could pause it and just like explore everything and you know but um I think I really like the physicality of stuff so I think things always tend to start in a way of 
yeah in a way of thinking but then they tend to end up as objects so like I think a book is a good example of that because it started out with these the writing the text um the like recording and archival I guess nature of like taking out joint noting everyone's um comfort foods down and everything like that but the, I feel like a book's quite a physical I like I love books as an object like I think they're really nice um yeah I think things tend to end up as an object in some form so like even when I'm doing printmaking I really like etching right now which honestly Peacocks was great because I went in absolutely hating etching like I did etching in um first year for like a one week project and I just like did not appreciate it I really didn't like it yeah um I'm the exact same as you yeah I I just I I hate it (laughs) so I went in to Peacocks like yeah no I'm not gonna do it like I don't think I like etching I was like I think it's boring like it's time consuming like oh I was just so negative about it um and then I was retaught it and I love it now because I just think there's a yeah like the the plate that you get at the end never mind the print the plate is lovely like the where the acid's like etched in oh so nice so um yeah I really like that as well sorry I was just gonna say I that is so funny that you say that because I recently saw so I I've I did etching obviously the same as you in first year and was just like I fucking hate this and um I actually recently saw an etching um that was submitted for our um art we just opened we just had a round of another round of art spotlight and somebody submitted an etching and I love it and it's like now made me think oh my god maybe I need to go and do some etching um but that's so interesting that you like we had the exact same experience I wonder what the link is there (laughs) the common denominator well I I'm gonna say it was the the shortness of that project I don't think you have enough time to explore it absolutely and also the fact maybe we were like what 18 years old and like yeah didn't like yeah I was like, like you I need I, to my... be at uni like <laughs> um that's so interesting um so are you still working at Peacocks then just now when yeah, is your so residency, residency finish it goes on till I think it's about August I think it's oh, from amazing. whenever I think I started in yeah so I think I think it's August not 100% sure so um but it's around that time so summer next year so yeah Yeah, I've got a good time time to keep exploring stuff so yeah lots more things to do (laughs) I feel like that's like a perfect um segue into our last question for you um so you had mentioned developing the project further in one of our crits um and you we just found out you have so much more time at Peacocks so um Mm -hmm. how do you envision like continuing on either like this work or like the body of work or like potentially just like a new project altogether do you have anything in mind um I think as yeah you've heard me speak like I ramble as anything so like I literally just ramble away and like I feel like that's what my brain's like with this as well it's like there's so much I'm like every day I'm like oh could try this could try this so um yeah I think I showed you before and in the back of the book there's a little I guess a mock-up of an apron that might come into existence at one point, a little comfort foods cooking apron. Um, and then there's also like a little photo of a, um, how I was chatting about the etching plates. I etched baked beans into a plate that I'd cut into, that was cut into a circle. So it's beans on a plate, like, so um, that's, yeah, 
fun little one so yeah there's little things like that and then I mean I have it definitely have enough um confessions from people to do a whole other book so yeah there's definitely a lot more to explore and I think I really want to um try and explore it in a way that doesn't involve me asking questions because that's like I want to figure out some sort of way of collecting this information that's not relying on someone telling me the truth but trying to like I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it but you know like I guess I'm really interested in trying to get a raw as a raw as example or like truth as possible from someone and just but also keeping anonymity and like I guess it's that showing that everyone has all these like secret secret things um and how that is universal even though it's kept so hidden so yeah I think that's that's the kind of areas I'm interested in going forward is really still exploring that side of it I wonder if a way for you to collect things without um without asking people questions is if you kind of you could you could ask people to this is still I guess like asking people because you would still need to like sort of tell people that you were doing it you could even you could do something like um a food journal like get someone to keep a food journal for like three months and then like Mm -hmm. they have to be honest like the one rule is they have to like say everything they ate for three months and then you can find like patterns like I know for a fact if you were to like if I was to have kept a food journal from the past three months like it would be horrific so like and if I like if I'm being honest so like you yeah, could something 19. like that or whether or even like um like a live google doc where you just kind of like um like send out into the world somehow and like everyone just writes down like what they had for dinner that night and then like you don't have to they don't have to say the name they just like that kind of thing or even like I'm just thinking of like Georgia is like an avid bujo girl um for all those all those who don't know what that is like I didn't know um, it stands for bullet journal and the whole like aesthetic of being a bujo girl is like you have colored markers and like everything is pristine and like beautiful and like so like aesthetically laid out and stuff and people do like mood trackers you could even do like a bujo like revelations confessions I don't know yeah. I'm just sorry I'm just no the the contradiction between like a really nicely laid out bullet journal and like I ate beans for five days in a row like not that you know that's what it would be but like you know like like honestly so many people can best beans Uh, baked beans was like a huge one but yeah so like seeing that in a contradiction to um yeah like a really nicely laid out bullet journal or I'm really interested as well in the relationship between like host and guest and that give or take relationship um yeah so I think I want to bring that in a little bit more as well because I just think yeah there's a vulnerability and also like accept like yeah host and guest really interesting so so much to explore there as well so exciting I'm so excited for you and I'm also so delighted that you have more time on your residency as well because that is just going to be so valuable for you yeah and thank you so much for this residency it was honestly amazing and it was so nice to like meet so many artists on it and yeah have the calls and like crits again was so lovely oh thank you (laughs) I'm so glad you found it useful um so we've been chatting for a long time um so I reckon we should maybe start wrapping up but before we do um Carla is there anything you would like to 
plug or shout about or where can we find you etc etc um well my website is carlasmithart.co.uk and then my instagram is carla smith with two eyes and then an underscore art to keep it really easy um and then uh well i guess anything to plug is the book's actually going to be launching hopefully tomorrow as long as I get everything sorted with my website tonight um no so way. something yeah it's super exciting I finished oh um, signing them all today and everything like that so um yeah so when this when this available. podcast goes out sorry when yeah, this podcast be, goes out it'll be the, yeah they'll be out yeah Amazing. some of them are going to be in Glasgow some in Good Press some in a little shop called Hatch um which is near the botanic gardens um some will be on the website at peacocks and then some will be on my own website as long as I really get a move on with that also the ones in Glasgow are not there yet but I don't know when the podcast is going out I need to send them still but yeah everything's done I just need to do the final thing (laughs) that is so exciting oh my god well um regardless of when you're listening to this go and look for um Carla's comfort foods book please um, it'll probably be there if it's not already sold out <laughs> <laughs> or if I've not had a, like a major issue with this but yeah fingers crossed everything will go back <laughs> yeah. well thank you thank so you. much for chatting with us today it was so lovely and massive congratulations on the launch really best of luck for when that happens um and yeah it's just been as always an absolute dream talking to you <laughs> thank you You've been listening to The Jiggle and Juice Show, episode six. We are absolutely honored to be talking with Katie, Neve, and Carla, and we hope you enjoyed getting to hear their new work created for the Prickly Pear Digital Residency. All the links to their socials and websites, as well as a couple little treats are all linked in the show notes. Be sure to keep an eye out for the launch of our Prickly Pear publication due to be released in the beginning of 2023. There you can find the work of the artists you heard here today, as well as four other artists from the UK, Canada, and the US. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Insta at Jiggle and Juice, or visit our website, jiggleandjuicecollective.com, where you can listen to our past discussions, check out our free support documents that aim to advise you on things we'd wish we'd been taught at art school, or explore our artist spotlight, a database showcasing artists around the world to help artist blocks subside. If you'd like to support us, you can find a link to our Patreon in the episode description, as well as in the footer of our website. By subscribing to our Patreon, you would be helping us continue to create free and accessible support docs for recent grads and emerging artists, gain access to our new Patreon members-only newsletter, and you can receive priority professional development help from us. Thank you so much for your support and encouragement, and we'll see you in the next one.